Stranger, what can I get for you? I'd like to have a captain and a coke. A, a what? That's good, brother. <laughs> you guys do go all out here. Thank you. Just saw a man get killed. This is real. Wait till you hear this, Sheriff. Go on and tell him. I woke up this morning in the year 2022. I found a door. I fell through it. It brought me here. So I've been running around looking for it so I can find my way back home. I can be your deputy. You know how to shoot them sidearms you were? Hell no. You damn well better learn. It's Future Boy! Duck. Damn, whiskey in the future. Does it glow in the dark? It's your last chance to go back. When I said I'd do it, I meant it. How do you think this ends, Dobbs? I found something. Call it a place. Call it a time. All right. Yeah, very good. It's an amazing uh, trailer and a great movie. I get to see it. I'm not just saying that because you guys are here. But uh, welcome to Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neil. We're joined by the, the fellows and, and Deborah, who created Showdown in Yesteryear. We have the outlaw himself, Greg Lamberson, the screenwriter, uh, the creator, the producer, Tim O'Hearn, and stars Jeff Grinnell and Deborah Lamb. Uh, it's nice to meet you, Jeff, and it's nice to see everyone else again. I'm having a hard time hearing. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I'll try to scream. Sorry. <laughs> Happy Festivus, Neil. Thank you. Thank you. I actually just took, I normally have a bunch of lights behind me, but I took the, I just took them down recently. Oh, darn. Yes, it would be very uh, distracting. But I'm glad that you're very festive there, Outlaw. So, uh, Tim, what was the, in what's the inspiration for the story? Um, well, so it's based on a short I did first, The Door. Um, it's just something I kind of came up with after I had done another film at uh, Dogwood Pass. I was in it, in another film there. And, uh, so what's, what's Dogwood's, Dogwood Pass, by the way? It's the um, western town where we shot the movie. They do uh, reenactments and shows there. And uh, so I got home and I was like, I need to get back there and shoot another movie of my own. Yeah. Is uh is Jeff's character Daryl uh anything like yourself? <laughs> I, I kind of think so, but that's me. <laughs> I thought you know maybe it's uh you know maybe Tim always wanted to be in the Wild West. I don't know. <laughs> 
Jim and oh. I actually met a dogwood. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He, he was the he was in the other film as well, and then and then I from that I cast him in the short, the door. And, and the door actually won a lot of awards, and everybody kept saying, "Make a full feature, make a full feature." Here we are. No, uh. It's a really ambitious like story for like a independent film. So when they brought you the when uh, Tim brought you the idea to flesh out the script, uh, Greg, um, what did you think initially? Um, so Tim and I have now known each other for eleven years, which seems like a remarkably short time considering how many movies we've worked on together. Because he was in Dry Bones, The Legend of Six Fingers. Killer Rack, Johnny Gruz, Widow's Point. Oh, he wasn't in Widow's Point. Guns of Eden. Plus, I showed all of his films at my festival. So it's it, and it takes so long to get these projects done that it seems like we've known each other a lot longer than that. Yeah. Uh, for Killer Rack, we we traveled all around promoting it, and uh, both of our families went to a festival in Puerto Rico called Lusca. Um, so we've known each other a long time, and somewhere in there, we actually had a conversation about maybe doing a Western together. And I suggested that he should go out and raise $200,000, and that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> but uh, I actually had thought, kind of thought in my head of a story, nothing like the one that we ended up doing. I had seen the short, and when he said he wanted uh, to do the feature, I've always wanted to do a Western. I'm a big Western fan. Love westerns, thus my name on the screen, the outlaw Josie Wales. Um, and I could, I never wrote one myself because I knew I could never produce it. But he wanted to produce this, the trouble was all on him, so all I had to do was write it. So I was ecstatic. And uh, when we got together to talk about it, I'd already seen the short film, and it was pretty clear that the short film would just be beginning the beginning of the movie and we'd go off in a totally different direction. And when we got together to discuss it, we really didn't discuss anything. We had lunch. We talked about the fact that uh, everything was about to be locked down. I think the only thing we said about the story was we agreed that it would start out as a comedy and it would evolve into a genuine Western, not a Western with the comedic elements, but it would become a full-blown Western by the end. That's all we had. We discussed, and we agreed that we would try and incorporate all the various cliches, the barroom fight, the shootout at some point, things like things of that nature. Um, I like that you mentioned that because I think it, um, there's a part definitely in the movie where uh, Jeff's character, you know, uh, the first like half hour Jeff's character is very much reminiscent and Wild West moment where things change and it becomes reality for him. And, uh, I think that's a really good movie. And I think that also is relatable to modern day where people, you know, want to romanticize the past and not and, and gloss over things. Maybe things weren't that great back then. I think we're going to have to mute Jeff when he's not speaking because we're getting a lot of wind. Okay. I might be able I to uh, cut that out. Let me try. I'm having a hard time hearing you. I apologize. And you're making it hard for us to hear each other. So double apologize, gunslinger. Yeah, the, the, the I've got. Oh, I muted him while he was talking. <laughs> Go on, Jeff. Sorry. Wish I could have done that on set. <laughs> By the way, Neil, I don't want to uh, take this thing hostage, but I do want to mention that the town that they mentioned 
Dogwood Pass, which Jeff was working at, that's in Ohio. So these okay. East Coast filmmakers and West Coast filmmakers teamed up and went to Ohio to make this movie. And I didn't go to set because this was at the height of the pandemic. And I knew these guys weren't taking any precautions. So I stayed here nice and safe while they went out and made the movie. And they're all here, though. So that's good. Yeah, but, it worked out fine. Yeah. Uh, Deborah, how did you get involved? Tim contacted me and um, and asked if I was interested in doing this film. And he told me about it. I watched the short film, The Door, and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. and. Uh, Jeff was fantastic in it, so I just was very excited to be asked to be a part of it, and it worked out for me to uh, join join them. Yeah, initially, I, initially I had contacted her about the girlfriend role. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so in the modern day, the uh, the ex girlfriend. Um, you know, Tim actually contacted me about that role, and but I really wanted to be in the Western part of it. So, um, and of course, this was a very low budget independent film, but uh, I said, hey, I'll come out, I'll come out there and, um, you know, be out there for as long as you need me. And uh, so I, I got to join them at dogwood pass for a few days and it was it was fantastic uh, the town itself is so cool i had so much fun i must have taken like a thousand pictures of the town it was a very very cool location and of course um it was really great working with these guys uh, i always have i always assumed tim was actually in buffalo so you're not in you're not from buffalo tim no i know everybody thinks that yeah. I've worked I've worked with those guys so much that everybody I'm about three hours east of Buffalo. But there's nothing out there. So we have <laughs> to come out here to do anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I have nothing where I am either. I'm in a little town called Sandwich. So, so uh what happened from uh Tim from Deborah going from the uh the girlfriend character to the character she plays? What do you mean? What? Well, then uh, we well you know, what was the thought process there? What? What? You know? Oh, well, well, like Deborah said, she wanted to be in the Wild West scenes. <laughs> much more yeah, fun. Yeah. 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 So we, you know, we worked that out, and uh, then I took auditions for the girlfriend role. Um, I am a huge fan of westerns. Uh, really, really big western fan, and it had been my you know, one of my dreams, it's like, why, some, you know, I would see people I know making these Westerns. I'm like, damn, why doesn't somebody put me in a Western? So, uh, so when Tim uh, contacted me and was talking about the girlfriend role, I said, well, I really want to be in the Western part of it. So <laughs> like, like Tim said, we worked it out that I was able to come out and, um, you know, because the girlfriend role, I, I think I was would have only been needed for one day. And uh, so, uh, but I really, I'm so happy that that Tim put me in that role of Marion. Uh, and then I got to work, of course, with Jeff. And he's a, a, an amazing actor. And it was, it was so fun. Let's yeah, unmute yeah. Jeff here. Uh, Jeff, what was it like working with Deborah? Oh, it was fantastic. 
Uh, Deborah is a great joy to work with. We had the, the entire cast and ensemble. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was truly a journey. I tell people that, but it honestly was a journey of a lifetime. We all got along. We was all there for a project. We all everybody just came together as a family, and it felt that way. And I think it shows too on screen. Oh, definitely. You could tell everyone's having a good time. Greg, or when you watch it for the first time, I, I know there's reasons why you weren't there, but were you you were disappointed you weren't on set, or at least maybe a cameo uh, dressed up? No, that? no, I wasn't. I wasn't at all sorry I wasn't on set. I'm at a point in my life where I hate being on set if it's not something that I haven't that I'm not directing myself. You know, I have to take jobs working on sets, and it's no fun. It's only fun when you're in control, when you're creating. So I wasn't sorry I missed any of it, but the first time I saw it, I was thrilled with the movie. I love the movie. Mm -hmm. And I did want to say I love uh, I love when you're able to uh, communicate with actors early enough that on those occasions where something happens, like happened with Deborah, where they say, um, I really like this other part. Because <laughs> anybody who's smart <laughs> will take the actor up on that if the other part's available. To, to let them take the role that's more enthusiastic. And when I wrote this, Jeff was already part of the package and I didn't know him, but I had seen his performance. So it was very easy to write the script knowing what his character was. But the first thing decision was there had to be a love interest, just like Time After Time had that movie mm -hmm. with H.G. Wells and Jack yeah, the Ripper. That's, that's, that yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. So that uh, that character was really key. And and there wasn't a lot of screen time for her just because of all the action they had to be. So the, the scenes had to be very specific. And the person who took that role for it to work had to really pull it off. And Deborah did an amazing job. And I got to say, the gal that they cast in the role that they originally offered her, she was really good, too. Mm -hmm. You know, that's right. the kind of role that when you're shooting it out yeah. in the middle of nowhere, you just cast somebody who's available and maybe looks the part or you take your chances on what you're going to get. And that woman was actually very good in that role. I, th I thought she was great. I loved her in that role. Yeah. What is uh, her name? Michelle. Oh, the actress's name? Uh, is it Michelle? Michelle, yeah. Michelle what? Michelle Snyder. Okay. Well, she was she was excellent. And she brought yeah. a lot of, like, added, a lot of uh, great flavor, you know, with the her accent and the way she, just her mannerisms. It added, it added a little spice spiciness to those those scenes but you added a whole level to the whole film deborah you really oh. did uh you know I, I told you the name mary mcmurtry it was based on john wayne's real name which we made a joke out of and uh larry mcmurtry who wrote lonesome dove i wanted to try and get that sort of gravitas that lonesome dove had in in a short amount of time and you really pulled that off oh gosh thank you so much it's very flattering I don't, know, I don't know if you got it in any of the screens you went to, but in all three of the times that I've seen it on a big screen, the audience applauded at your big moment at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, what was it like to uh, to film, you know, uh, horseback riding and gunfights? And uh, had you ever done anything like that before? No, just <clears throat> just the, the other Brimstone Saint was the other movie that Jeff and I were in first. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, like I said, that's one of the reasons I made the short in this was I, I just loved it out there. Like, cause we, we literally lived in dog at Dogwood pass for three weeks shooting the movie. Like 
we never left. Yeah. So we were, we literally Tim, I, in the old west. <laughs> I, I have to say, Tim, you were so good in that role. You were really, really good. Oh, thank you. And it, yeah, and a very nice blue vest. I liked a lot of the wardrobe <laughs> movie. And my nice mustache as well. Did I we was thankful I got revenge on Tim from the first movie he was in. Thank you, Greg, for that, by the way. Well, easy, easy, Jeff. I mean, <laughs> I grew up with Don Knotts movies, and The Shakiest Gun in the West was one of them. So I made that connection right away. What if we did The Shakiest Gun in the West and it morphed into a Clint Eastwood movie? That, that was <laughs> basically my take. Well, I, I have to say, everything from the screenwriting to everybody that I performed with and interacted with in front of the camera and behind the camera, I, I'm i very humbled to be involved. Now, I know you've got the cowboy hat there. Now, ha have you done, have you ridden horses before? Have you? Uh, I've ridden pretty much my whole life. I actually have my own. Matter of fact, the horse you see in the movie is my horse, oh, the one wow. I'm on. His name is Biscuit. Uh, and I actually, down at Dogwood Pass, I would actually train horses to be shot off of. Oh, wow. And as part of my re my real life, what I do for a living to make money, I actually take care of horses. Cool. That's a humble way of putting it. But... Yeah, well, yeah, that's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> so you're not a cow poke, but you are a horse poke. Correct. <laughs> I am a horse poke. That's for sure. And and Jeff has his horse. Well, he you used to at least have your horse at Dogwood Pass, right? He was at Dogwood. I just recently moved him. Probably about a year and a half ago, I moved him closer to me. Okay, good. Yeah, that was that was so cool being around all the animals and uh, the horses and yeah, the buggies and everything. I I just it was truly a journey of a lifetime. It really, really was. Yeah. In the Dogwood Pass, they were totally cool with you guys filming there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, a matter of fact, Steve, the one that plays Steve in the film, he's actually the owner of Dogwood Pass. His name is Mike Montgomery. He actually started that town probably about eight years ago now. He built a saloon, an Old West saloon, just for people to gather after they got done horseback riding. Well, I think there's roughly 62 buildings there now. There's been countless films, commercials, and what have you shot there now. So it got out of hand, but in a good way. And uh, when you were saying, like, uh, it came through, you know, everyone's having a good time. Uh, Vernon Wells is clearly having a good time playing uh, playing a villain in the in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Vernon's great to work with as well. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, what was it like to get Vernon involved in the movie? Um. <laughs> So what I did was I con I sent him a message. I contacted him, sent him the the, um, the short, told him we were working on a, a feature film version. I wanted him to play the town tycoon type role. And uh, like 15 minutes later, he got back to me and said he would put me in contact with his agent. So, so. Yeah, Vernon's been on the show. Uh, he's a really nice guy. So I was yeah. happy to see him in the movie. Yeah, he is. He's, uh, he's a stand-up guy. Absolutely. Uh, how about the wardrobes themselves? Like, um, <clears throat> uh, were they were they stuff you got at Dogwood Pass, or you, how, how did you get all the wardrobes? Or who was the wardrobe? wardrobe? So okay. that's one of the one of the perks of of shooting there is most most of those people in the movie work there, so they already have their 
the wardrobe, costumes, guns. Um, so I think there was five of us, me, Deborah, Vernon, and Jesse are the only ones that didn't, that I had to rent costumes for. <clears throat> Even some of the costumes that Jesse wore, his black coat was actually mine. Right, yeah. Yeah, all the, all the stuff I wore is mine. Matter of fact, a lot of the leather holsters you see in the film and all that kind of stuff I actually made. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Deborah, when you see yourself in a uh, wardrobe for the first time, what was that like? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I I tried. I came out the day before um, I was going to be shooting the next day. And so I was able to get together with... Uh, oh, I think her name was Michelle too, right? The lady that was helping me with driving me and Tim. Oh, Renee. Oh, Renee. That was Renee. Right. Renee. Oh, yeah, Renee. Renee. So Renee, sorry, I, I got messed up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Renee helped me with, um, we had some choices and we put together a couple outfits and figured it out. But yeah, I loved the wardrobe. And uh, I loved everybody's wardrobe. And what these guys were saying is the, you know, all the townspeople that you see and a lot of the actors you see in the film, they actually work there at Dogwood Pass. Um, and they all had their, that most of them had their own wardrobe. I think they all had their own wardrobe. Yeah. And so some of the dresses uh, that people were, uh, that some of the ladies were wearing were really cool. But yeah, I, I love that Old West, the wardrobe of the Old West, the the attire, that, that whole era, the turn of the century. Um, I love that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Greg, you weren't on set, but uh, did you, um, were they sending you stuff while they were filming it or did you not see any of it until, you know, it was finished? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm the writer. And although I'm thrilled with the way my script was presented on screen, I was treated like any other writer, which is mean. Shut up until the movie's been rough. We'll talk to you if we have something to bitch about, but not, not otherwise. No, I think uh, Aaron, the director, contacted me once to ask me for some last names for some characters so we could list them on uh, on IMDb. And I, and I think I just said, like, you know, name them whatever you want. And so he didn't contact me again after that. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job, by the way. I'm uh, I'm amazed by the direction of this film. And, you know, you may not know this, but I, I've written a lot of scripts for people for hire. Sometimes they get made. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I get credit. Sometimes I'm ghostwritten. Uh, this is the first time that I've gotten credit on something I've written for someone else was actually produced. And I could not have asked for a better end result. Oh, thank you. It is that yeah, by uh, is that by choice or is it uh, if, not always getting credit for, for writing the script? Uh, often I'm hired to ghost ghostwrite scripts, you know, by people who either they have no idea how to write a script or they've tried without knowing how or they just need better formatting or whatever. And uh, I would rather do that than greet people at Walmart. So it's work that I'm happy to do. <laughs> so it's still writing. And I know I'm always making things better. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon Richard uh, is credited for the music. Music's great in the film. So, um, oh. you know, how hands-on were you on that and Tim? And, you know, were you happy with the music? Yeah, I was blown away the first time I heard it. I really didn't have much to do with that. That was more between Brandon and, and Aaron as far as the scenes and stuff. Um, and then 
Um, we got Jeremy Price did the the sound, the mix, and the foley, and he was involved somewhat too with with the with the music. So, so yeah, uh, uh, Jeff, when was the first time you saw the finished film? Uh, uh, I, I kept seeing little clips. I, it wasn't too much before we actually put it out there by the time everything was edited down. It, and I was kind of blown away myself, actually. I know that I was in it. I know I was involved. But I, I just, I really hope in my heart of hearts that everybody enjoyed the journey that we all went on. Now, did you get to see it with an audience the, the first time you saw it? I did get to see it with an audience, yes. Yeah, yeah we, uh, screened one, it. we screened it in Ohio. We screened it in Ohio. It was screened in New York or Buffalo. Uh, yeah, it. and I was blown away always by the audience's reaction to the movie afterwards. Now, uh, Deborah, what did you think when you, you, you see the finished film? I was blown away. I was so proud to be a part of it. And um, I got to see, I got to watch it uh, before it was in the the handful of film festivals that it was in. And I was able to go to two of those. So I did see it with an audience at two of those, but I was able to see it before that. I was actually on location in Michigan uh, shooting a film and I watched it with my, with the, production manager of the film his name's jeff barry and um he loved it so we watched it together and i was just very impressed and uh i at the one film at the first film festival that i was at with uh tim and jeff and aaron was there too yeah. i think that was the uh that was the um wild wild bunch no no wild bunch film festival that yeah. Was yeah yeah so and i was just gushing to tim uh, oh my God, it's so good. This is the best thing I've ever been in. It's so good. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. And, I and I'm so on happy the that everybody loves it. I mean, I've had so many friends that have watched it and friends that have watched it a couple times or a few times and yeah. they just love it. Yeah. I imagine seeing the big screen is great because, uh, you know, the, the scenery would be amazing and the music. Uh, some oh, people, yeah. when they think about seeing a movie theater, just think of the visuals, but uh, you can feel the audio. Right. It can be frustrating, too, I have to say. We showed it at Buffalo Dreams. And, Tim, we had perfect framing and everything, right? It looked exactly like it was supposed to. And then I went to a couple of localish festivals where it was cropped wrong here or cropped wrong <laughs> there and... I don't know if oh. Barrett had been there, if he would have flipped out, but it really gets to me when they don't take the basic steps to make the film look the way it's supposed to look. Right. Oh. And it is a really widescreen, you know, epic looking hmm. film, which is amazing because it's so, you know, that town, those buildings are so small. It's almost like a, a children's interpretation of those buildings. Some <laughs> of them pass and some of them don't pass, but on the big screen, they all look right. Oh, yeah. Filming in some of them buildings was really difficult because they were small. I remember uh, just before shooting, Tim said, you know, uh, there's a problem. There's not two jail cells. And I'm like, well, can we can you put a partition between them? Because there were supposed to be two characters. So we, we rewrote that so that Jeff was handcuffed. Wow. Yeah, we, we're fine. But 
if you know going in how tight some of those locations are, you can imagine what's just outside the frame, you know, like people put their backs against the wall. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was the worst, the jail, the jail. Like, oh, yeah, hands down. Aaron, Aaron spent a ton of time, like, basically racing wires, you know, cables and lighting um, lights and all kinds of stuff out of the, out of that, those scenes because we couldn't get around it. Like just, there was no way to hide anything. It was so yeah. tiny. Same so with the bank. Cause initially, kind of cool location. Go ahead. initially uh, all three of us bad guys were supposed to go in the bank for the bank robbery. Same kind of thing. <laughs> There's barely enough room for Jesse in the bank. Teller, so. You two wait outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so, um, what kind of festivals did you send it to? Because um, I know of horror movie festivals and underground weird festivals, so I don't know what other kind of movie festivals out there. Um, it, most of them that it got in were out west, obviously. Um, so, Wild Bunch, uh, Tombstone, Tombstone, a newer film festival. It's it's right in Tombstone. It's pretty awesome. Like the. Um, where they screen the films and everything is right in the town. Um, Texas? Yep, Texas. But we got into Gen Con, which is in Indiana. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Exactly. And it won Best Feature there. And for, for the film to do well there, where they're just looking for film, not specifically genre, like the Western festivals, mm -hmm. to me, that was a real feather in the cap. Right, yeah, definitely. Yep. Plus, there's a cash prize, right, Tim? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a that's always a plus. And oh yeah. Had a, had a great time. Uh, would you ever revisit? You know this world. You know with a sequel or a series or anything like that. Everybody always asks if we're going to do a sequel. I don't. I don't foresee that. Only because like everybody else is dead except for Jeff. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, Tim, I got a story for well, you. Well, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. Um, it was a big undertaking for my first feature film. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. we spent months just, um, pre-production setting up. Schedules. I personally love the genre. <clears throat> um, Neil, if I can say, you know, I knew Tim for many years as an actor. And then when he retired from his job, he started directing some shorts and did a good job. And with this film, number one, it was a long script. And it got long yeah. when, when these guys gave me input. I thought I was going to have to cut stuff out, but they kept adding to it. So I knew before they started shooting, I knew it was going to be a two-hour cut. Um, but Tim, besides putting together the key people and figuring out so many things, which is what a good producer does, he put his own money up for this film. Yep. So he has to get something back before he can seriously entertain a sequel or maybe, <laughs> or maybe if a company offers to fund, fund it. But I mean, that's to me, that's a, a, a real commitment uh, of a producer, and the work is on the screen, and and that's giving a lot of it to Aaron as well, who, who like I said, did an amazing job. But as a first-time uh, feature producer, Tim did a really good job. Thank you. Yeah, I, the first time I met you, Tim, was at Buffalo, and I believe it was your first short film, or at least one, one of your first shorts. So it's been really uh, cool to see you, you know, go on to do a bunch of stuff, and now have a feature film. No, thanks. Yeah, it was probably. Mirror, mirror, is it? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Yep. The crow people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, w when you did the, the short film, um, did you 
at that time, did you think I'm going to keep making these or I'm just going to see what's going to happen? Like, uh, did you know, like, this is what I want to keep doing for, you know, now on? No, like I said, a lot of it was after doing, um, doing the door and then seeing the reaction, um, and then going to a bunch of the festivals I was in. Um, and then, then everybody kept saying, like Jeff said, you know, you need, you need to make this a full movie. So, so I just buckled down and said, okay, let's do it. Uh, how about uh, Steve Graff as Sheriff Dobbs? Uh, is, uh, oh. I like this guy in the movie. And uh... Yep. Steve actually plays at Dogwood Pass. He plays okay. the sheriff. He was actually supposed to be in the door. But what really happened was right before we started filming the door, he was coming up through town on a buckboard, ended up coming off the buckboard face first getting scars and stitches across his face so therefore he couldn't be in the door so i was thankful that when everything came back around that he was available but uh, steve actually did some uh, acting in college i believe he's great in the movie and uh there's a in memory of rodney acton um if you uh, want to talk about him i'm not sure who yeah he was the the old guy in the saloon that, that Jeff talks to when he first gets into town. When he's like, you know, talking about. Um, yeah. Are those your clothes? Are those your clothes and all that? Oh, you work here and all that kind of stuff. That that was Rodney. He passed away. What was it? Um, it was, Just about a year. Yeah, about a year after the film was made. Yeah. Oh. Did he get to see the finished film? or He did not. No, he did not. But his his daughter was there. She was she was in the background walking around and and she just she was in tears the first time she watched it because I I had sent it to her and uh, she she wrote me this big long message back saying, you know, I really wish he could have seen it or whatever. He would have been proud and blah blah blah. So yeah. That's my favorite scene. What's that? That's my favorite scene. That conversation at the bar. It was just. I, lo- I loved that that little thing back and forth between that guy. I, yeah. I'm sorry, Roddy, and it's uh, from the normal stuff that I write, yeah. being able to do the fish out of water comedy and sort yeah. of that mainstream right. sensibility. It was just- he was a he was a legit like rodeo rider. Like yes, he you know, he had some stories. Like he was he was a great guy, great guy to talk to. Oh yeah. He was he was definitely a genuine cowboy. He was a genuine cowboy. Mm-hmm. Had his own ranch, had his own horses. He was a rodeo rider. Wow. Uh, the outlaw here, he mentioned the two-hour um, runtime. Um, was that a problem uh, at any festivals? Uh, you know, is it too long for, for some festivals? No, I, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously those I didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, go and ask them. If that's yeah. the issue. Yeah. Um, that was never brought up. The only time it was brought up was uh, when I started looking for distribution. Um, that was brought up a few times. Tim did say something to me that speaks to uh, the fact that he wanted this film you know, looking at it as possibly as one shot at doing a feature, right. he said, you know, I want to do a film where I don't have to worry about the running time. Because I was pushed, you know, I wanted to keep it down to 90 minutes, 100 minutes. I know what happens when you shoot a movie in 15 days. And if you can do without half an hour of material, that means you can spend more time on what you do shoot. And I hate when people 
shoot overlong movies and then they cut 20 minutes out because that's hard work that they could have put into the other scenes. But he was adamant. He wanted the story to be what it had to be. He wanted to hit all the beats, all the nuances, and he didn't want to have to worry about uh, fitting it into a slot. Yeah. Well, I, I think it works for the movie. It works for uh, for the genre of a Western. Does right. like, you know, it doesn't have to be like really fast, you know, cut or anything. You know, it's it's the reason that people respond to the film too is because it's got heart, mm -hmm. and it's hard to have heart in ninety minutes. You have to spend time with the characters to really care mm -hmm. about them. And you know, it it's twenty minutes before Jeff goes back to the the Wild West, which is. 10 minutes longer than, than Hollywood screenplay rules generally say. They want you to get it moving right away. Yeah. So um, to spend the time with the characters, to really empathize with Jeff's character, that's a big part of why the film works. Yeah, yeah. And why the end's so, the end's so sweet. And talking, exactly. to Aaron, talking to Aaron during uh, during the editing, he was telling me, he's like, well, um, he's like, I... I, he doesn't cut the scenes like real quick either. He's he's like I, I let the characters you know breathe like take like <clears throat> so that's part of it too. Like you could cut a lot of those like a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. uh, when you yeah. mentioned distribution, uh, where is the film going? It's it's available right now on um, Amazon and Vudu. So uh, that's uh, on uh, video on demand. Well, uh, right. VOD. So, uh, is there going to be a physical release? Um, yeah. Well, there is a physical release. I should come prepared. For <laughs> We've been um, out. I need. I need to order a couple of those. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's. I got the rights all back for the physical release because nobody was interested. I mean, you know, physical media is practically dead right now as far as buying it. So. Um, so I went ahead and and uh, made some DVDs up. You can order them through me. the The link, by the way, that I posted does not work. <laughs> you go to pay for it, and it just it doesn't go anywhere. So, oh, makes it so kind can, of hard. So how do they pay for it? What's that? So how do they pay for it? They can if they just go. I can order. I can order my own. Like I ordered a sample set, basically, to just to check out to make sure everything was good. So if somebody wants to order a DVD right now, Tim, how do they do it? Contact me. There okay. you go. Uh, how would they contact you on Facebook, on email? Because yeah. I can yeah. add the email, you know, after this over onto the website and everything. Okay, yeah. Crow the actor at Gmail. All right. <laughs> or Facebook, but, uh, Instagram. Yeah. Um, as I don't like to make the interview about me, but as someone who actually has a movie coming out on Blu-ray, physical release, we've had a lot of uh, pre-sales on it. There are a lot of people who who want who want copies. Cool. So there, the, you know, especially I think for for genre film, you know, genre fans, right? They like, uh, mm -hmm. they like to have it. Is there any uh, specials on the on the physical release? Yes, actually, on the on the DVD, there's the music video for the title song that we did and a seven minute um, behind the scenes featurette. What about the short? Oh. No, I didn't put the short on there. Hmm. Is that available anywhere at the door? Um, Is the door available somewhere for people to watch? It's on Vimeo, I think. I, yeah, took, I would like to check I it I, out. I took the password off, but yeah, it's on, it's on Vimeo now. But. <clears throat> 
I'll, I'll link that too so people can check that out because I'm interested in seeing the door. Okay. The, the sun's going down on Jeff. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry. I'm That's on the, the road. Secret. I had the to, sun is going down on Jeff. I had to work today. I apologize. And I'm actually pulled over on the side of the road doing this. <laughs> oh, well, we appreciate that. Yeah. I noticed the trees aren't moving behind you. Yeah. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, you mentioned some of the names in the movie. Um, was Kid Callahan, uh, is that a reference to anything? And if not, um, if it is, and you don't want people to know, you can also say. I that. honestly don't remember what names were in the short and which ones weren't. I know Daryl Dumwitty I came up with, Marion McMurtry, Orson Kane. I don't know about Kid Callahan. Um, Tim was the kid in the the short. No, no, no. So yeah, I don't know what was what went on beyond that. Uh, Clint Eastwood was in a movie with Callahan in the title. I think that's how that's how I did it. I was looking at different. I, I I love what you did, Gregory, when writing the feature film. Um, the care all the characters, especially the kid, the thing with um Daryl Dumwitty and the kid, and of course the the romance side of it too, which is really sweet and it really works. And um, but just just all the uh everything that you came up with to flesh out the the door, the short version to a full feature length. It's it's a very good story and it's it's uh, it's action packed, but then you do have the the romance in there too, which really balances it out, so that it's not just a bunch of you know shoot 'em up scenes. But um, yeah, I really I really loved the script that you wrote, Gregory. Thank you. I appreciate that. I believe Aaron is the one who developed the backstory for the kid. With the fact that oh. the whole thing with the book that was something that uh, oh. that that we I touched on lightly after discussions with them, but they wanted it a lot more pronounced than what I gave it. So, it, like I said, I was worried about screen time, but that definitely goes towards him. But the rest of it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the thing with the book, and not to spoil it for people who have not seen the film yet, but um, there's an old West book that the uh jeff's character has and in the end it's uh it's a pivotal point in the film uh toward the last quarter of the film or the last act of the film it's it's really cool it's really cool i will say there's a scene i came up with and again i won't spoil it but it has to do with jeff's character meeting the sort of mythical character oh yeah and that was something that I didn't plan until I got to it in the script. I said, oh, this will be great. And that's one of the things I'm proudest of, that scene. And never in my life did I think I would be writing for that particular character. <laughs> it's a very that... great scene. I was actually wondering who maybe that was. Well, I actually thought maybe that was you, uh, Greg, actually in that scene. But I wasn't sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm only uh, five, nine and three quarters, Neil. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know, shot upwards. With the... it's, all, it's all in the camera angle. No, that's so Steve Leisure, who who played who played that, um, he actually plays him. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. anyway, he actually plays him at Dogwood. So he oh, had really? like, oh. that's why his costume and everything is you know straight out of the, the, yeah. the movies. You know, and the costume nails it. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. 
Yeah, and and Gregory, uh, one more thing about your script um, is that that line, and I and I want to I want to know if you came up with this line. It's my favorite line in the whole film because I love Sheriff Dobbs. I love that character. Welcome to Dogwood Pass. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember if that was. It was I... perfect. I'm going to say yes. That was me. Okay. Yeah, take credit for it. Yeah. I know it was me because in the short they didn't identify the town as Dogwood Pass. And I asked, do you guys have any name in mind for the town? And they said no. So I just went with Dogwood Pass. So I definitely did write that. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, that's my favorite line. Orians <laughs> will appreciate that you brought that up, Deborah. Uh, what, what did you say? Orians will appreciate that you brought that up. Yes. <laughs> Uh, before we went live, Greg had mentioned that uh, Greg, Tim, and, and Deborah have a history going back to um, Dry Bones. Correct. Dry Bones was a film that, uh, like this, a friend hired me to write, Tim O'Hearn, a very low-budget horror film, and he wrote it as a starring vehicle for himself. And uh, Deborah helped finance the film, and Tim had a small role in it. And uh, uh, Michael... Like on the first day of shooting, it became apparent that he was sick. Um, he lived for quite a few years after that. It, it wasn't around the time that he died. So I actually ended up taking over directing it, um, not entirely uh, willingly, but it was just something that had to be done. But the three of us did have that connection going back to 2013. That was 10 years ago. Was it? Oh, wow. Almost 11, yeah. So, uh, and where can people see Dry Bones? That's on Tubi now. Finally, that's on Tubi. So oh, most of my films are on Tubi at this point, except for my second one, a vampire film called Undying Love, which I think is on Prime for a buck. So everything's free but that. Yeah. And well, Jeff, buck is fine, yeah. I don't know if you recognize Jeff, um, but he was in Guns of Eden. Yes. Oh, he was one of the, the militia groups. He's the guy who got to fire the big gun in the truck. <laughs> well, and, and Tim was in it too. Yeah, yeah, I was honored to be in that as well. Yeah, it, it only need, it needed some Deborah Lamb, but besides that, <laughs> people should check it out. Yeah. You know, Gregory did ask. I he there was a little part that he asked, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I just a conflict of uh, scheduling. Yeah, I think it was something I offered more out of out of respect than needing to bring anyone else into town because that was that was a big film the money that we shot it on there are a lot of a lot of characters in that and uh you know jeff was a real tough negotiator so <laughs> played hardball <laughs> play hardball came out in his rv you know parked, parked uh, it by the farm where we shot so yeah. we want people to see showdown in yesteryear but uh, are you working on anything uh currently tim um we just um finished up shooting uh it's like a creature feature um, sci-fi movie um, locally here where I live called Reset. So that should be available sometimes uh, later, 24. Sounds good. Uh, how about yourself, Deborah? Um, I have a few things uh, coming up for next you're year. This busy. year. Yeah. Hmm? I said you're always very busy. 
Well, this year I was supposed to be really busy and all of my projects, and this has nothing to do with the psych strike or anything, but just the projects that were supposed to happen this year, none of them happened this year. So now all those projects are happening next year, <laughs> but it should be, so it should be a much busier year than this year because, oh good, we can see Jeff now. <laughs> you can see me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I have some things, um, one of the main projects that I'll be doing uh, this coming year is called Vampire Penance. If you look on IMDb, it, it shows up as if it had already been released, but we haven't actually shot it yet. <laughs> okay. That's, so we're yeah. shooting it this coming year. All right. Yeah. I know uh, if people get ahead of themselves and put stuff on IMDb, it, it can you know look like it was made previously they tried to change it they tried to change <laughs> yeah. this IMDb is very and... hard to change anything yeah yes yeah uh jeff uh what are you working on currently uh currently i've actually auditioned for a couple stage plays oh oh cool i i did stage plays are they're very challenging. I think that's kind of why I like them. But uh, yeah, we'll kind of see how that goes. I've thrown my name in the hat on a couple other films, and we'll see what happens. Well, good luck on that. And uh, the Thank outlaw, you. what are you working on? Uh, as you know, I'm relaunching my film festival. No longer mm -hmm. Buffalo Dreams, now called Amazing Fantasy Fest. I am also in the process of launching a nonprofit which is meant to help grow the film community out here. It's going to be a lot of volunteerism in that. Started teaching screenwriting. I think the next project has to be my long-delayed werewolf film, which, you know, I read. I I'm, ran very, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I love the uh, seeing, like, behind the scenes of uh, the puppetry on, on the house. That was very exciting. It's a real passion one. I think it's my best script. But, you know, we raised the money we raised – in the previous campaign was specifically development money to, to create some stuff to try and bring investors in. And the guy who's helping me go after investors really hasn't had any luck. So I may have to crowdfund that, which I'm really not looking forward to doing again. But if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, when is the, when is the first amazing fantasy film festival? That will be in mid September. It's going a few weeks later than Buffalo dreams did. All right. I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to go. Um, not just because you're here, but I always love Buffalo Dreams. Um, I've been to a lot of festivals, and I'm not saying, you know, uh, some very big ones, they're bigger, whatever. But uh, I love the ones that has a community feel. And uh, Buffalo yes. is one that you can, you know, there's people that come, people like, you know, really want to root on other filmmakers, uh, and you see people grow. And I, I like that. This will be the exact same festival, honestly. It's just that I'm doing it alone. I had a partner for the last 13 years, and now he's into like publishing. And it was just time for that one to close down and to rebirth it, so to speak, under a slightly different uh, format. Mm -hmm. And a slightly less, uh, not as big a name. I finally remembered how to say <laughs> Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. And yeah. It was yeah. yeah, that was a long name. It was a, it was a mouthful. Yeah. But no, I have a lot of great memories from that. And uh, everyone I always met from there, uh, have you know, I've kept in touch with. And it's always nice to see them, uh, you know, creating something right. new. Well, you know, we have uh, we have a whole slate of localish films coming up. 
which will hopefully be there. Slap ties film slasher days of summer. No, oh, Adrian cool. Esposito has two films. He has a documentary about the Buffalo filmmaking scene and special needs revolt, which is his big project, his big passion project. Um, Reset, which Tim just imagined, uh, mentioned. So, I mean, it, it could be just be one of those weird years where we just have a ton of good local films in addition to all the other things. So it's a really good thing. We have seven days. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be a good kickoff for the first one. By the way, um, I loved the the supplemental film that you guys did about End Zone Two. The one, of, yeah, End Zone Two was one one of my favorite movies of the year. And I got to say, it was funny. We had we had projection trouble, so it was about an hour before we got it on. And I remember going up to uh, Sophia who, who came and, and saying, Hey, I got to speak to you. And she's like, Oh, you don't want to show end zone too. And it was like, she was going to be fine with that. Like, oh no, no, we're going to show it. We may have to do it in a different point in the schedule. It was great on the big screen, especially it looks so good. Yeah. It's, uh, I have a great, uh, great memories of making it my first feature film. And we all uh, rented a cabin and stayed together for a week and made it. And uh, I'm really happy with the movie and uh, it's gonna, for people interested, you could uh, get the, there's going to be a special VHS edition and a double Blu-ray disc with that. And uh, the ones in future smash. Is it, Where? is it out on, is it out on VOD? No, not yet. It's uh, okay. so we have a Kickstarter right now where you could uh, you could get the the Blu-ray or um, or VHS or a bunch of other things. So, okay. but um, the Kickstarter was to because we're self uh, distributing, it was to get the the Blu-rays made. Okay. So uh, in 36 hours we met the goal, which is very exciting. So they will actually be out uh, sometime early in 2024. Winner of Buffalo Dreams Offbeat Cinema Award. A war which seems right. to almost have been created for that film. They were perfect. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It was a yeah, great experience all around. It's a good time. And we were open now that we made End Zone 2. Originally, we were we really plugged End Zone 2 as a 1970 lost slasher uh that we just uh, restored. But we, we were open about that we actually made the movie. Is there an end zone one? Uh, well, you'll have to watch uh, the Once in Future Smash to really uh, understand, I think. Oh, oh, okay, okay. The Once in Future Smash is the documentary about two actors who played the same slasher character competing to be in the revival. And through the history of this, which has interview footage with all these people in the genre, you learn that there was one film, but the second film was never completed. So End Zone 2 is the never completed sequel that takes place between the first film and the reboot that never doesn't exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> very high top septi, the two projects go together. Okay. I'll I'll have to watch those. I'll have to watch them both. <laughs> yeah. And our mutual friend Trista Robinson is in it, Deborah. Yeah, I love Trista. Yeah, I talked to her earlier. She says hello. Oh, good. I need, I need to call her. Oh, yeah. Good. So a uh, showdown in yesteryear, as as I knew right away, you can go get that on Amazon. And, uh, yep. and you can get a copy from Tim. You have to contact Tim. I'll have the yeah, email. I got I to gotta figure out how I can how I can put a, a button on Facebook and stuff to buy things. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you could probably uh, Venmo might be the easiest. Everyone uses Venmo now. All right. 
And uh, also less fees with Venmo. There's not a lot of, uh, they don't take out a lot of fees like uh, some of the other platforms. And you're going to sell them at, at Dogwood, right, Tim? Isn't that? Yeah, I'm still working on that with, with uh, oh, cool. Mike. So you can go all the way out to Dogwood Pass to buy the movie and then see the town where it was shot. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Go right. Maybe you might meet some of the, yeah, right. Might meet some of the cast, get pictures with them. That'd be yeah, I'm fun. trying to I want to set up something this spring when they start doing shows again to uh to kind of get all the cast members that live out there and, and go down and you know do a whole thing with the with the movie. People can buy it and posters and all that. All oh that. yeah push an alternative story here that the town was built for the movie and now it's a theme park based on the movie. That's what's going to help. I love it, yeah. That's the sequel, yeah. Have you ever, can you ride a horse, Greg? Um, I have ridden a horse twice. I wouldn't know what to do if one was in front of me, but I, I rode one once in Pennsylvania and really an amazing time when my wife and I were in Puerto Rico where we rode the horses through the jungles and through water. Oh, wow. Eyes, and it was like a three-hour horseback riding tour to a resort where we had lunch. So, uh, yeah, I'm a skilled horseback rider. <laughs> you know, stunts and uh, uh, Deborah, you ever ridden a horse? I have. I've ridden a horse a few times, but it was a long time ago. So, but I I loved it, and I'm sure that if I were ever to have an opportunity for a film or just to ride a horse, just to ride a horse. But especially if it was for a film, I would just, I would love to get a chance to, to ride a horse. Oh, when I was there in Dogwood Pass uh, with everybody and uh, Jeff said, maybe we'll have time for you to ride my horse, but we didn't have time. It was a pretty, it, well, that they had such a tight schedule on that film. And I, I shot my scenes uh, close to the end of when they were that, like, I think it was the last week that they were shooting or maybe not quite then. I'm not sure. I don't remember, but they were, they had already been shooting for a couple of weeks and it was a very tight schedule. So we didn't have time. But the one thing I did really love that Aaron Bratcher, the director did was um, it was, we were, uh, we had broken for lunch, but he took me and Jeff and we just ran around the town and he got all these really cool shots of us doing yep. different things. And uh, you'll see that there's a little montage in the film where you'll see us, you know, up on a balcony over there, over there on a porch. And, and yeah, that was really fun running around. Okay. Now do this. Okay. Now do that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jeff, what is your favorite Western besides showdown in yesteryear? <laughs> That's a good question. I would have to probably go with the tombstone with Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. I actually was at Dogwood Pass. I actually got to play that part for quite some time. Learned his Latin in the whole nine yards. Oh, wow. Very cool. So I had fun with that. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what's your favorite Western? <laughs> um, no. Tombstone's one of them. Um, Outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deborah, what's your favorite Western? I would have to say Rio Bravo, but I do it's love like Tombstone. Hmm? It's a good movie as well. 
Yeah, Rio Bravo. I love Rio Bravo, but Tombstone. I have a, a ton of favorite westerns, but those are in the top top ones. And I agree. What about you, Gregory? You're a big yeah. western fan. The Three Amigos. No, no. <laughs> fan of the Outlaw Josie Wales, Tombstone, and the Magnificent Seven. Those oh, that's ones. a good one. Yeah. If my brother was here, which he's never on when when uh, Greg is on, it seems time. intentional. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> fan of the Magnificent Seven. He, he would agree with you on that one. All right, well, you know, is, go on. I was just going to say, I found one thing harder than riding a horse is to get somebody catching you as you come off one. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it harder to get the guy you're catching to jump to his mark. <laughs> well, along those lines, since there was a lot of you know physical stuff going on, um, well, first of all, was there anything that that Greg wrote in the script that you just couldn't do, and uh, was you know was there any injuries? There, I mean, I had bug bites and bruises and cuts all over me from the stuff I was doing, but I don't think there was anything in the script that he wrote that none of us wasn't crazy enough. You try to do. You rolled down that hill like I did hard, like eight times. How many? How many times did you roll down the hill? I. It seemed like thirty, but realistically, it was probably about ten. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of times <laughs> rolling down that hill. Yeah, yeah. they got it in the first take. They just made you do it for fun after that. What was it? Yeah. Great? <laughs> the deputy fell face first on the steps. That one always impresses me when Jeff throws yes. him out of the, out of the oh. saloon. Uh huh. Somewhere it won the, the film won a best stunt award somewhere, I think. It did. Tombstone. Tombstone. <laughs> Tombstone, Arizona. Oh, that's right. Did you give him that award or did you give it to Jeff? How did you decide, Tim? Who got to keep the stunt award? You have it. <laughs> wow. have that it. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it took to, to make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a lot of stunts just to put it together. Yeah, you had to push those Jeff down the hill. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a great time watching Showdown in yesteryear, and uh, not just because you guys are here. It's really a, a fun movie. It's a really sweet movie. It's a really well-made movie. You know, people check it out, and it's always fun to talk with all of you. And it's good to meet you, Jeff, for the first time. Good meeting you, sir. Yeah. Good talking to you again. Thanks, Neil. Happy really New Year. nice seeing you again, Neil. Nice Thank seeing you, all of you. Yeah, definitely. Have yeah. a great New Year's, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Any parting Thank words, you. Outlaw? Happy New Year Thank to you. All right, I'll yeah. tell through it. He's <laughs> only been on a couple times this whole year, but he oh. is retiring <laughs> in, in uh, February. So after that, he's going to be on the show a lot more. He wants his own show then. And then he wants it right. And then he's going to play hardball and we'll have to, I'll have to pay him or something. But he's very excited that he, he'll be retiring. Excellent. Right. See, everybody. We're going to play the trailer again here to uh, to close up the show. But thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you all again soon. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Take care. God bless, everybody. God bless. Stranger, what can I get for you? I'd like to have a captain and a Coke. A, a what? That's good, brother. <laughs>
<laughs> you guys do go all out here. Thank you. Just saw a man get killed. This is real. Wait till you hear this, Sheriff. Go on and tell him. I woke up this morning in the year 2022. I found a door. I fell through it. that brought me here. So I've been running around looking for it so I can find my way back home. I know a lot of powerful people. I can be a good friend to you. Or I can rain down upon you I promise you, you will regret it. Welcome to Dogwood Pass. It's a hard life, Mr. Wayne. My husband was the only man who stood up to him. The beast shot him in cold blood. What you doing with that flyer? I can be your deputy. You know how to shoot them sidearms you were? Hell no. You damn well better learn. It's Future Boy! Jack Duck, I have whiskey in the future. Does it glow in the dark? It's your last chance to go back. When I said I'd do it, I meant it. How do you think this ends, Dobbs? I found something. Call it a place. Call it a time. I'm going to wave awkward.